Let it all out. Okay. Let it out. There. No, no, me, 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 me. No, 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 okay. <laughs> Where the whiskey. Oh, see, I it up already. Okay. Hi, everybody. Welcome Boo. to the. Can... Mm -hmm. All right. Hi. We'll get past this. Then we'll talk. No, we got to keep it. Come on. Keep it Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, this is us at lunch. Just... Well, hold on, hold on. But I want to at least get the intro right. I did college radio. I want to make sure. Oh, okay. That, you know. Fine, We're good. fine. You're fine. the expert. <laughs> Can we be friends? Can we be friends? Hey there, welcome to the Can We Be Frank podcast, where the whiskey may be on ice, but the talk is always straight up. That's right. I'm uh, one of the co-hosts, Derek Cadell. I'm here with uh, Mike Axe and Robert Zappia. We'll get into a little bit about who we are uh, a little later in the episode, but we just kind of want to dive right into it. Uh, one of us comes up with a topic that the others haven't been told about, uh -huh. and then we're going to comment on it. Uh, so I'm going to turn that over to Robert for the first one. Go ahead and let us know what we want to talk about. Uh-oh. Okay. Now, <laughs> this, is a, this is a new phenomenon. It's a new kind of term that's been coined. Okay. A Nepo baby. Right? Ah, yes. Okay. Okay. Now, this wasn't around when I was growing up, thankfully, because I am one. Yes. But I take <laughs> issue with it. I want to discuss it with you guys and see okay. what you think. Okay. Now, yep. here's my take on it. All right. So there's, it's obviously a, a, a derogatory term when they're like, oh, you're just a Nepo baby. You have a father, a mother, a uncle and aunt, whoever, in the industry, in particular in this case. And that's the only reason why you got in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, in my case, my father was an editor, mm -hmm. videotape editor, who did many shows in the 70s, 80s, 90s. And yes. Won some Emmys. Won some Emmys, many <laughs> nominations. And because I had that relationship, I got my first job as a production assistant mm -hmm. at, at Disney. Yep, yep. Okay, but... After that, like once you're in, if I was a lousy production assistant or I didn't know what I was doing, I wouldn't, they would not keep me hired because my dad was an editor. It sure. gave me an opportunity. Yep. Now, my point is, isn't that, whether it's, your, whether it's a relative, like a dad or a mom, mm -hmm. or, and we can talk about how we met. Sure, sure. Whether it's someone reaching out to you and building a relationship, a complete stranger, right, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that led to you getting in the business. So that's sure. net, it's networking. Yeah, it's networking. Totally. Derek, yeah. you knew Mike, right? And then he knew me. So you got in exactly. the industry. Like there's always some connection. You're always looking for an angle. How do I get in? It's mm -hmm. very rare, at least to my knowledge, that someone just kind of lands here without any connections mm. and finds a job. So I'm just curious. Yeah. You know how I feel about it, but I'm obviously <laughs> biased because oh. it's how I got my break. Mm -hmm. What do you think of it? Well, I'll tell you, are you, are you upset about the name? Does the name bother you no, the name or the concept? Me. It's the concept. Like, okay. you can call me, like if it wasn't derogatory, oh, you're Nepo baby. Oh, mm. that's amazing. That's great. <laughs> but it's not that. It's always like a derogatory. <laughs> like, so like uh, Smile, the actress that was in Smile. Okay. Right. It's Kevin Bacon's daughter. Right, right. right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what? Like, yes, you, more than likely, if she was not Kevin Bacon's daughter, she would not have been more than likely, given the opportunity, mm -hmm. and be in a place where she could have gotten the role. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But she still did a phenomenal job. And people sure. who didn't know she was Kevin Bacon's daughter right. still liked the film and liked her. Mm -hmm. Are there other actresses that don't have the connections in the relationship that would have been as good or better? Absolutely. Okay. Mm -hmm. But that, to me, to, to, to put a negative light on you getting into a position because you have a relationship with somebody... Mm. I think it's an unfair way to position it. It's like, again, so my daughter, who's mm -hmm. in film school right now, kind of hid the ball on 
me being in the industry. Now she's third generation Nepo baby. I don't know. It's like Nepo baby, <laughs> you know, squared or whatever it is. But um, uh, because there's some shame to it almost like, oh, well, your dad's a writer. So, or, you know, oh, your grandfather's in the business. Oh, you, you've got it. You're a shoe in or you have a, 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 a leg up, which is not untrue. But I don't know if that's a negative thing because I think you're always looking for a leg up. Like, so her friend might be a very talented actress or costumer that I would not have known otherwise. Now I see and I give her an opportunity or try and get her in front of somebody. Sure. Sure, I agree. And I, uh, I think uh, some of the problem um, might just be that the term is only used in the Hollywood space because in outside of this industry, um, there are people that get their children jobs where they work. Sure. Usually, no, and it's usually very similar. Uh, they get, it's like a summer internship and other things. And they don't call it uh, nepotism uh, as my, or nepo baby. They don't have a term for it. Yeah. It's just, oh, you needed an internship. We have an opportunity here at work. Sure. You can do that. Now, um, some industries though, and I think um, it, it doesn't work as well for because parents always want more for their kids than they were. Where this is an industry where uh, it's a prestige to be in it, and it's probably, they, if they can make it, they can make a good living. Mm -hmm. They're not toiling in a factory all day. Right. Whereas, like, with my dad, there's no way he wanted to get me a job in the, fa <laughs> in the factory he worked at. Right. He wanted more for me. He wanted me to go to college. He wanted mm. me to get an office job where you didn't have to sweat on the floor. You had air conditioning. But... Uh, on that same token, I think he would have gladly gotten me a summer job there if I wanted it mm -hmm. in order to pay bills during college and do Get things like that. Experience. So, um, but there wasn't, wouldn't be a term for that. It wouldn't be negative. It would just be, oh, that was, I'm glad your dad could get that. So it, I, I think it happens everywhere. It's just yeah. really um, a negative connotation with this industry, maybe because of, um, some of the people, they shouldn't have maybe entered the industry and whatnot. I don't know. We're here to be frank. Uh, and I don't want to, you know, well, is there anybody you guys name can names. name? I don't, yeah, I don't, name, oh, I don't gosh, know. I, I don't know that I could name it. I'd any. have to think about it. Yeah, I'd have to think yeah, about we, it. Yeah, we could be here forever thinking but, about yeah, but it. But you have a good point in the sense that there's uh, the difference between like, it's positive when you're talking about a family business. Sure. Right? Like a, mm -hmm. a restaurant, a bakery, or whatever it is. Oh, mm -hmm. it's our family business. Like my grandfather was uh, a shoemaker. Mm -hmm. And uh, he learned that trade from his father, right? So it was kind of passed. Oh, you're in the family business. Exactly. They don't call it my grandfather Nepo baby because he no, right. and, <laughs> and it's and it and it's a lot of people. It's expected, and both internally and outside the family, it's expected you're going to go into that business. Sure. So I, it is curious to me that in this industry, it's negative. It's, it's a negative thing, and people don't expect, or they do expect it, but then they cast such a negative light on it. And I think one of the reasons probably we're having trouble thinking of an example. Because I do think, yes, they may be given opportunities, but typically the, the audience speaks, right? So you may give someone who's related a, an opportunity if they're in front of the camera. And if the audience doesn't respond to that, they're not going to just continually give them work because, right. you know, it's a bottom dollar. It's a business. Sure. sure. And then behind the scenes, if you have someone that's incompetent and is kind of causing issues, more than likely they might shuffle them around, but I don't think they're going to continue to rise. And I could be wrong. I'd have to think about it, but... Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm trying to think like an example. Uh, I don't know. Maybe because it is a creative meeting, uh, medium rather. Right. Um, that it, it's so hard to tell 
that person, if you're an outsider, you're like, well, I can't even speak to them. Their dad is so-and-so. Oh, where, oh, here's an example. Okay. Somewhat. Okay, you have the Michael Douglas, Kirk Douglas, okay. right? Yep, yep. They're uber-talented. Sure. But then you have the Baldwins. Yep. Right? Like, almost every Baldwin is an well, I need actor. a flow chart to keep track <laughs> exactly. of Exactly. Yes. Yes. But really, okay. the one you remember is the one who you could argue has the most talent, uh, Alec. Yeah, sure. sure. He's a little bit of hot water. But that aside... <laughs> Right, he's kind of the one that made it to the forefront of the of the brothers. Yeah, right. So while sure. they all got opportunities, maybe because of Alec. Sure. The you others... mean like those reality shows that the other ones were on? Never yeah, <laughs> actually, I watched those. Those weren't too. Oh, good. okay. Yeah, some of <laughs> they did. They do all right on yeah. the reality reality shows. But I'm trying to think of who else. But mostly acting is is where you really think about it because that's what we're well. Most prone uh, to, cinematography uh, isn't. Um, Sophia Coppola, am I getting that oh, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, director, yeah. Director. Her father's Francis Ford. Yeah. yeah. And again, I'm sure she worked very hard for the position, but she had opportunities someone uh, who wasn't related to Francis Ford Coppola right. would not have, but she's extremely competent. People see her movies, and they do very well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but that just brings... It's, so, it's, so basically what you're saying is you don't like the term, it's just networking. Exactly. Yeah, Which we all have to do to get into this... Uh, right. It seems to be to like get if you're interest. against nepo babies, then you should be against networking. Like that, right. if, if your stance is, the same, right? if your stance is I, I'm I'm on Survivor and I need to do this on my own. I need to knock on doors of complete, you know, studio exec strangers until I get a job. Okay, then I'll then I'll say, well, I don't agree, but at least I'll respect you across the board. Feel like mm. everybody who uses some connection, which is insane, uh, sure. uh, to get a job is wrong. But to single out because your connection happens to be a relative. Yeah, right. I mean, it could be a long distant relative. Mm -hmm. you know. And my, my father ended up getting, my dad is one of 12 kids. Mm -hmm. He ended up getting uh, two of his brother's jobs in the industry. Uh, one was an editor who ended up, was editing like uh, Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy yeah. and you know, did mostly game shows. And then the other uncle was an engineer who would do like uh, post house engineering and setting up edit bays. This is when post houses, you know, you couldn't edit in your living room. This is when you needed a big room to do it in. But right. Yeah. So, I mean, and they, again, he got them the opportunity and they both excelled. Prove themselves. Yeah. Prove themselves. Now, if they were terrible engineers and editors, they would not have lasted. Like, yep. It wouldn't be just because, oh, well, Marco recommended them. Sure. Right, and and because if they don't look, and it, it, you have to really be careful though when you recommend family, because if they don't do well, it's awkward. Yes. Unless <laughs> it's you're awkward. such a mega star, that's a great like point. the Baldwin's might be, you know, that's a little different. But for the average uh, nepo baby like yourself, if you wouldn't have done well, that would have really reflected poorly on Marco. It would have, and particularly in the sense we were on the same show. Mm -hmm. So the first job I was a PA on was a show called Carol and Company. It was a Carol Burnett show, and my dad was the editor. So <laughs> it would be very awkward for him, you know, if I was just a lousy, lazy PA, you know, <laughs> right. who just, like, delivered scripts to the wrong actors and, you know, <laughs> didn't get the food right. And you were just lazy because of dad, at my dad, whatever. Yeah, you know. just, you know. But. Not to take away from the topic, but you say deliver scripts, so, and I don't want to date you or age you. My gray hair. <laughs> but the gray hair may do that. Okay. Um, but you talk delivering script because now we just email that stuff out. When you first started, that is a lot of what a PA did. It's not just coffee. Was, you were delivering oh, scripts. Oh, no. It was the yeah, majority was of the work was because it was literally there was no internet. <laughs> right. I know this is hard to fathom. It was like 1989. So that mm -hmm. series was 89 and 90 before Home Improvement. Maybe 91, I'm trying to remember. But um, no internet. 
Uh, I mean, we barely, the fact that we were doing scripts on computer was kind of revolutionary. Mm -hmm. And we were using WordStar. <laughs> yeah, never okay. even heard of yeah. <laughs> WordStar, an old program. Um, and it was on a home improvement that we started with Final Draft 1.0. Oh, and wow. it was like in beta, but that's oh, a whole other. To, that's what, a, what are we up to now? It's just 13, 13 was just released. 13. That's a whole other story. <laughs> but yeah, we would uh, get a call from the writers that they were finished with the script. The PA would come in if you were the, on the night shift, and these huge Kodak copiers, and you'd make 150 copies of the script. Wow. You'd collate it, and then you'd make cover pages, which is on different, like on cardstock. Mm -hmm. You'd brad them with the brads, you know, that you put in scripts. Mm -hmm. And then you would have to deliver to... Now, Carol and Company was unique because it, the first season, the only person who was the same cast member on every episode was Carol Burnett. And it was a whole different cast, like doing a pilot every week. Mm -hmm. So you had a whole slew of guest stars. So you would then take, say, 10 or 12 scripts and have to deliver to Howie Mandel, you mm -hmm. know, Christopher Reeves, Bernadette Peters, whoever that star was. And there was, like, guest stars. Now, also, it's like 2 in the morning... You don't have Google Maps. You don't have Apple Maps. You yeah, don't have gosh. Siri. You have the Thomas Brothers Guide, <laughs> which is like this big book of maps, like with a grid. And you're looking up and traveling. And I was terrible at it. I got lost so much. Hidden Hills was my worst story. <laughs> Howie Mandel lived in Hidden Hills, which now there's like a, a sign, an off-ramp off the 134 that says Hidden Hills. There was not when I was a PA. And I drove all the way to, I think it was like Camarillo, and I just could not find it. And I pulled over at a gas station and I asked, do you know where Hidden Hills is? And I'm like, well, we've never heard of it. <laughs> oh, gee, really well, it must have been really yeah, it, was, yeah. it was. I eventually found it. Anyways, but yes, it was a very different time. Well, and, and then you also had to take all the scripts to the studio executives, mm -hmm. the network executives' houses, oh, man. the director's house, the AD's house. Jeez. Um, so it was a two, three hour, just the deliveries. But it would take you an hour and a half to do the copying. Mm. Wow. Right. So do you think that um, that hurt now that we have all that, um, are there just less production assistants on a No, room? you know, there aren't, but, okay. but <laughs> this is where I feel like the old man because <laughs> they still complain. Like right. we did, right? And like, well, in my day, you know I mean? You, right. I feel like one of those people, mm -hmm. like you have Google maps, you get to email half your stuff. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We didn't have Starbucks. <laughs> we had like I had never even heard of a cappuccino. I didn't know what that was at an espresso, but we had like the, the old machine and mm -hmm. the steaming. I had to be a barista, a copier. You were you were getting dogs from the groomers. You were shipping clothing. You were getting dark. It was no very different. Well, but anyways, yeah, that's off right sidebar. off topic, but <laughs> yes. great topic. Uh, yeah, interesting. Great. But um, so that really leads us into uh, what our our main topic for this episode is, which is networking. Yep. Um, and I'm against it. That's my whole point. <laughs> you should not. Don't do it. Don't do it. Do it on your <laughs> well, own. See, but if we didn't do it, uh, not, none of us would be here. Um, well, and I, we'd be, well, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be here. We certainly <laughs> we would, would not be, be in, we'd we'd be certainly alive. wouldn't be in a podcast studio be, in Hollywood. I'd be stuck in um, Bowman Hat Company in Adamstown, Pennsylvania. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And where I, would you be? I'd be, I'd be, a uh, uh, probably an accountant in, uh, in, the, in the, in, yeah, in Williamsport, in Pennsylvania, somewhere in Pennsylvania, <laughs> which, you know, I don't want to knock that. I love accounting. Uh, I'm a nerd in that sense, but, um, <laughs> it's not nearly as exciting as what I've gotten to do the past 10 years. Sure. But, um, 
we we found out how Robert got here. It was I'm his, a Nepo three, baby. He was a Nepo baby. Yep. Yes. His dad uh, that. Uh, was a award-winning uh, editor, yeah. and he has a book out. Smartest guy in the room. Smartest guy in the room. Can you yes. still buy that? You can. On we Amazon. can plug. Uh, we can plug there that. We go. There we go. Let's go. That's our first. Our first. Uh, Sponsor that's not a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, no, he's dead. But check so. it out. It was, <laughs> unfortunately, he can't. Well, he's looking dead. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, but it was a great book. I really enjoyed reading it. Um, but uh, uh, so enough of that plug. Oh, but I'm sorry. Okay. No, go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> no. But please. When, when we talk about people who just break in with zero contacts, like not a soul, that was my dad. So oh, he was the right. first okay. to get in. Oh, yeah. This is great. With mm -hmm. nothing. Mm -hmm. So he quit. And, uh, quick story. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, get no, to no, you. This is great. great. No, no. I love but this. But this is like, yeah, he did it. I don't know how he did it. I mean, I do know how, but I'm not sure how it all worked out. But so he always called himself uh, mass, uh, jack of all trades, master of none. Mm. He was in his 20s. He was just going from job to job. He worked for RCA pulling cable, like at the Biltmore Hotel in L.A. Mm -hmm. When they put in cable for the first time, he was so skinny. He was the only one who could fit in between the floors. <laughs> He'd say, like, if my head could fit into a space, my whole body could. So he would run cables in between wow. the floors, and oh, he man. would then have to follow the cable to get back out. Aye, aye, aye. So, he, I mean, just he had his own TV repair shop. He ran out of the garage, and he would, like, take parts out of the toaster and stuff to fix. <laughs> and so, he could do did that. Did he learn that himself? Like, yeah, did he all learn how to do that? That's that didn't go to college. All self-taught. Wow. Um, and my mom would have cake batter for dinner because it was cheap, and... Wow. She liked wow. to taste. <laughs> but anyway, so she saw an ad in, in the LA Times for an engineer at CBS. And it was like an open call type ad. So she said to my dad, you got to go to this. He's like, what are you talking? I don't know anything about engineering. She goes, go to the library, read up on it, and go. And he, and you know my dad, he was very passive, but he really fought her on it. But she just wouldn't take no for an answer. Goes to the library, gets a book on engineering, goes to CBS, takes the test. They call him in and they say, you score the highest on this test than anyone who applied. <laughs> Amazing. <Wow>. Yeah. <laughs> so he gets the job as an engineer at CBS. Within a year, he's, you know, in the tape operating room. This is when there was two-inch tape and it was Man, all. Yeah. He started using, and it's in the book, but all the kind of little MacGyver hacks he would do on the machines to make them do certain things. Um, so one editor was uh, that he was like the operator for, the engineer for, was out sick suddenly, and he kind of sat in, they put him in the editor's chair. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he knew enough to, to do it. After that one day working with my dad, the producer said, we don't want anyone else but <laughs> Oh, Marco. that poor guy. <laughs> His first year editing, he won an Emmy. That's, wow. Oh, for which, for which? It was Hee Haw. The Hee Haw yeah. one, yeah. okay. The first, so that's when you That's know, incredible. So that's someone who's like... <laughs> Goes from a total obscurity, doesn't know anything about the business, to and then he became an so Emmy. so well liked. Oh my gosh, top of his like uh, all the Norman Lear shows, All in the mm -hmm. Family, Ma Jefferson's uh, that Michael Jacobs story Michael's, that you talk about. Where which one? Uh, I, yeah, the one where he really fought for your dad. Oh, so. Michael Jacobs loved my dad. <laughs> so my dad did uh, my two dads. Uh, who's the boss? Um, did he do Boy, Boy Meets, Meets World? World yeah. Every episode of Boy Meets World, and Michael Jacobs loved my dad and my mom. Because eventually my mom went to work for my dad. Now, that was a ne she was a Nepo wife. Okay. <laughs> Nepo she wife. <laughs> she got a job, but that's a whole other story. Um, but yeah, Jacobs, Disney, my dad made a lot of money for an editor. And there was a point where he was also getting uh, AD pay so he can edit. Because he was doing like three or four shows at a time. And, and they and, did that, not to interrupt you, because it was an interesting story I heard from you before. Um, because... Otherwise, he couldn't cut without a director correct. in the room yeah, you have to have unless a, he was considered a, an AD, right. correct? You had to have at least an AD in the room to edit. 
So they by making him an AD means he could just go to town whenever he wanted to do at it at any time of day or night. Is yeah. that still true today? I don't know. I think I believe it might be. Okay. So okay. he was getting AD pay for every episode, editor pay for every episode, <laughs> and he bought three Avid systems, which in that day you can do it on your computer. They were like 150 grand each, wow. and rented those back to Disney. Wow. <laughs> they were doing very well, and Disney wasn't thrilled with them. And <laughs> and so there was a show where they said. Uh, we're not gonna, we're gonna use a different editor. And Michael Jacobs called a meeting with the head of Disney, the head of post <laughs> at Disney, uh, my mom, my dad. And he just walked into the meeting, he waited till everyone was there, he walked in and he said, Marco's editing my show, or I'm not doing the show. <laughs> wow. That's the only thing he said, he kissed my mom on the cheek <laughs> and he walked out. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. And they said, uh, okay then. <laughs> He, he was so, uh, and, and he has a reputation. I, I've never worked with him. Um, and he was so sweet to my parents. But he has a reputation of, of being that kind of, a, kind of difficult person uh, to work with. But uh, when, when my dad passed, uh, my daughter was younger, and they did Girl Meets World. Mm-hmm. We wanted to go see taping, and we went to see taping, and we were in the audience. And he came up uh, into the audience and pulled me aside and just said the sweetest things about my dad. That's so yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to get emotional, awesome. but yeah. Yeah. That's very really nice. Great. That's great. Well, no, but, but anyway, like, so that's saying that's someone who did it without. So without, you can do it both ways. So yeah, sure. I, yes. I rode the coattails a bit, but <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, but he, he, he did, made it for he himself. made it for himself. Yeah. And it's interesting. Cause like you say, like your dad would not want you to be on the floor, right? If you're going to go in the factory, he'd want you in the air conditioning oh, yeah, office or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My dad was the same way. Yeah. So I said, teach me how to edit. Cause mm-hmm. I knew, yeah, just going off the name, uh, I'll get work. And he's like, absolutely not. You need to be above the line. Okay. I don't want you to be below the line. And wow. I really was kept pushing him. And he said, if you're not writing in three years, I'll teach you how to edit. Okay. And I well, it was, so well, I, he never taught me. And then <laughs> yeah. and no looking back from no. that. Yeah. Okay, Mike, go on. Okay, was, yeah. I, I just so, that. so what? That, well, that's great. So, the, But that's how that's how Robert got here. Now let's explain about how you and I got here. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I, I don't remember how I found Robert's email address. I don't remember. Um, I and no you said it was like an obscure... It. It well, now, an, I'll tell you exactly let, what it was. Well, let's date this, though, so people oh, realize yes. how it was a little harder to find email True, yes. This then. was... I was 13, so it was 1998 When Halloween H2O came when out. When Halloween H2O, Robert wrote Halloween H2O. I was a big horror fan, and... I was on... It was American Online. Yep. And AOL. my screen name... Because when I was in eighth grade, I created a, a production company. Okay. <laughs> I mean, created <laughs> in my head. But it was called Tailored Image yep. Productions. Mm-hmm. And so my screen name was, you couldn't fit all tailored image. It was yep. T-L-R-D I remember image yep. at AOL.com. Yep. Nothing, to, Robert, no Zapia. Nothing. nothing. But yeah. You, yeah, you found it. Somehow. I have no idea how I found but it. I don't remember that. But yeah, I, so I back in that time, I ran a Halloween club on AOL. And I would literally go through the keywords and scour for Halloween, Michael Myers. And I would ping these people, instant message at the time, and say, hey, do you want to join my, my club? And um, got so many subscribers, I remember that... AOL like blocked me from signing back in and my grandmother had to call because I was too young call AOL and be like hey you know it's just fine like he didn't do anything and they're like well like 800 emails just went out you know there's no MailChimp there was no distribution lists at that time but I guess their server or whatever at the time got overloaded so 
um, yeah, we had to do that twice and I ended up having to give up the club, which was very sad, but, mm. um, but yeah, like I, I think that's how or why I wanted to connect with you. I mean, obviously being the big horror fan and respecting the craft of writing and everything. Um, but I know you had sent some great, uh, autographs and I remember that you drew the, the, a pumpkin and you were like, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, gosh, I forget what you said. Blood is thicker than water or something like that. And I can't, but I can't draw or something. That, that you had. I can't draw. Yeah, no, that's true. But that's after you reached out. That was so, after so I reached you out. Reached yeah. Out. Yep. Yeah. So what I, what was that initial email? Gosh, I, you know, I, you know, it was just, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of the Halloween movies. And I think I, I, I know I told you about the club cause I know I can look, wanted... I wanted an interview and, and you told me your age and my age yep, yeah. and all of that. And I think I remember you saying like, What's a 13-year-old doing watching I, <laughs> that movie? Exactly. You were like, yeah. yeah. And I remember, too, because, uh, oh, you would say you're number one fan. Yes, number one fan, always. <laughs> and, and my point was the only fan. Like, <laughs> That's right. Not only fans, but oh, God, the yeah. only <laughs> fan. Uh, but the, uh, the, even now, writers, unless you're a very big name writer, mm. aren't particularly in the forefront of people's minds. So it was very rare, particularly then, to get an email from mm. somebody wanting to interview the writer of anything or, you know, let alone on AOL. So yeah, it was, yeah. it was, yeah, it was, it, I, yeah, like I said, I don't remember how I found it, but we then stayed in touch. Um, you had sent me that picture of you and, and Jamie Lee and signed that and you sent me some scripts, which were, which was awesome. And well, it was easy to do too, because there was only, uh, you were the only one. <laughs> no, I mean, it wasn't like I had tens of people asking <laughs> like for autographs and yeah. <laughs> tens of people <laughs> tens. Uh, well, but, but the picture though that's an interesting story um or an interesting point of the story because i'm sure it served as a way for you to legitimize this connection because i uh i can't imagine your grandma believed back then right that you were really talking to a you gotta be careful who you were talking to on the internet oh in yeah 1998 yeah, well, yeah my wife yeah when I told her, mm -hmm. she's like, well, what's his, what's his name? I said, it's Mike Axe. <laughs> she's like, Axe? I'm like, yeah. She's like, who has the last name Axe? She goes, I don't think this is a 13-year-old you're talking to. Yeah. He's like probably some serial killer. Like, don't put your return address. So it had me so freaked out. I had my agent. I sent the stuff to my agent. And then they sent it from the agency because yep. I thought, yes. Yeah. Yeah, but your my, grandmother was my grandmother was the same way. I mean, she's like, "Oh, who's this man on the internet?" And he's probably <laughs> he's going to lure you into his. <laughs> yeah, because she didn't understand. Den. She didn't understand. She still doesn't really understand technology, of course. But um, yeah, she's like, "Yeah, he's 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 a pedophile in a van. You just you don't talk to him." <laughs> well, it is Hollywood. You, you, <laughs> yeah, you can't be too. You careful. never know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we we stayed in touch for obviously all this time, and, and you and, would send me. I, oh God! I wish Nick Rose and I. Got, I wish Derek. I had. They this. would blackmail. He would, he would send me these films. Horrible, make, horrible like, films. Oof, nuts, but like takes on Halloween. Yeah, yeah. We with had his fun friend with Nick it. on VHS. You know, and they were. I mean, you were 14, 15. Yeah, yeah. We were just. But if fun. I had him now, oh, I would love to run a. Well, he's worth oh. a lot of money now. Yeah, wait, yeah. How that, famous we are? No, but <laughs> well, you know, uh, but uh, I'd pay to keep that, him quiet. You know, was yeah. that, uh, <laughs> You know, what, uh, as a, a creative, I'm sure you had to respect that from such a young person, oh, whether oh, you liked absolutely. them or not. No, but... that's not the point, because you're right. And, and when did you start the autograph business? I mean, I, I was probably starting the autograph business back then because I was... I, I remember the first autograph I got was from Dan Laurie from The Wonder Years. I was a huge Wonder Years fan, and I remember... I found his address Where in the white. You better pages. not have said number one fan to him. No, I did not. Okay. <laughs> Just want to make sure. That, no. <laughs> Although he's he's fantastic, but yes, uh, um, 
So I remember finding a, a Dan Loria in Los Angeles and his address. And I remember I wrote two letters. One letter was like to the Dan Loria who may not be the actor Dan Laria. <laughs> and was like, oh, really sorry if I'm bothering you, but if you are the actor, read my next letter, which was the fan letter. And I didn't expect anything from it, but uh, a couple weeks later I came home and there was a manila envelope in, in between the the door and, I was, and it was to me and I was like, what's this? And I opened it up and it was a couple signed photos from him. You know, thanks for watching The Wonder Years. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. And so th I started to look up other people and started to write to them and really kind of keeping the autograph uh, thing going for a while because it was just something that I was very interested in. And I would trade up and find different stars and things like that that I would want in my collection. But so I think I actually started collecting autographs before the Halloween See, that's thing. what's so amazing like to me. So yeah. 12, I mean, 10, and, and you, even when you came out to L.A., you still had that business and it had grown quite large. I mean, you were yeah. making good money. Yeah. Doing that. Yeah, yeah. So that's impressive to start at 13 and do that. Yeah, yeah, and... You know, I, I autograph people have the negative connotation. I was always of the mind that, hey, I'm trying to help support people who don't have the opportunity or don't have the wherewithal to to get these signatures, especially for the people that you needed like trade up for and stuff. Right. So with cameras and, and uh, stuff like that, everybody takes yeah. a selfie now. No one uh, that's autograph uh, is sort of a lost uh, form of collection, <laughs> perhaps because they'd rather get a selfie. Sure. Um, but uh, at, when it's in its peak, um, you know, autograph correcting to have that signature was important, and it's just it's so hard cool. to get to get them. Um, so if you had the opportunity to get it, um, it was connecting a fan with it, yeah, the, with, and, with something that they loved, and exactly. that was what made me happy. You know, yeah, exactly. And and but the problem is to do that, it, it there's a cost associated with that, your time and just effort. So mm -hmm. you know, but I know it's it, looked at negatively, and, that's, and yeah, but, you, it, you shouldn't look at that negatively. You know, you're necessarily, not necessarily. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I think it's um, it's it's just like anything else. It's the people at uh, Cameo are making money off of all those. Sure, you know? right, sure. And that's not looked at as as negatively. It's it's the same thing. Sure, you know, you're sure. just you're you're helping people connect it, and then there there are bad eggs out there, just like yeah. with any other you know industry. Definitely a lot of bad. Um, eggs, but. And people that fake them and things like yeah, that. Yeah, that's a whole plenty other. of bad <laughs> stuff out there. But you know, for for us, it was important to us that we we're just connecting people to the fans. Yeah, yeah, that was you what. So, yeah, and that's a form of networking in a sense. So sure. you had reached out to me. You had reached out to these other stars. Yep. I know Pamela Shoop. From yeah, Halloween, Pamela Susan Shoop. You had gone to dinner with. And, She's and fantastic. Met. Yeah, so we're her, still in touch. Yeah. And so over the years, as you got older, you went through college. You came out mm -hmm. a couple times, and mm -hmm. you had. And talked about interest in moving out. Oh, yeah, yeah. I knew I wanted to move to California. And like, if there's ever an opportunity, if mm -hmm. there's ever a job. Now, I've never had the opportunity to hire anyone my, as a writer, like unless you, again, are a certain tier of writer, mm -hmm. that you need an assistant, mm -hmm. a full-time assistant or something. And that just never was the case up until uh, when I went to work for um, Age of Learning, ABC Mouse. Yep. Uh, they said, okay, you can hire an assistant. And it happened just about the timing you were really serious about moving out. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so that's what led to you. Yeah, make, I, well, I, I move right. Yeah, I knew I wanted to move, but I didn't want to be stupid about it and live out of my car or anything like that. Yeah. I, I, I had a job in, in Pennsylvania and everything. But when the opportunity came up and you were like, hey, I think I can hire an assistant. We I had flown out. It was middle of April, I remember, and did the interview with you and Ashley at Renegade and, and got the got the job offer on the spot. And yeah, I mean, we I signed a lease and moved out really like a month later, we <laughs> was on the road. I remember having to give notice at Bowman because I was there and uh, gave notice there for two weeks. And it was Memorial Day weekend of 2013. 
That's insane. Moved it's across been over the 10 years. Yeah, almost yeah. 11. But Crazy. You, but you seeded that opportunity at 13 yep. when you emailed me. That's what's... And so, we maintain the friendship, too, which is so important, you know, because no, I think that's the other thing that a lot of people do. They'll reach out once and then it no, I the fizzles and away. I certainly wouldn't have, right, if we didn't have, hadn't developed a friendship, mm -hmm. because like an assistant, there's a million ways you can go, right? There's sure. a million people who can fill that. Sure. So whether you're an FO baby, <laughs> like if Mike wasn't in the picture as a friend mm. uh, and I had a cousin or something that was looking sure. for an assistant job, sure. then they, they may have gotten it because you have sure. to. What makes someone stand out from a field of a lot of talented people? There mm -hmm. has to be something that's kind of raises them from the crowd. And it could just be the fact that you know them or there's a previous relationship. Right. And you sure. can't, you can tell a lot from a resume, but you can't tell how well you're going to get along with that person. Yeah, that's very true. And, that's very true. Yeah. <laughs> and that's an important part. It's how that person's going to, ref if you bring someone in, uh, they're going to reflect upon you. So it helps mm -hmm. if you know that person to know they're going to reflect positively rather than someone on a piece of paper that could be, pardon my French, an asshole. Sure. You know, yeah. you, know you don't know. They have all, they checked all the boxes, but they're horrible to work with. Horrible Whereas if you bring with, in yeah. a friend, you can teach them the craft. And know the work ethic, right? So yeah, I knew work that ethic. you, you had an autograph business at 13. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that the work ethic was there. Sure. Right? This is not someone who's going to phone it in. No. Yeah, yeah no, never, exactly. Never. <laughs> so that's, you know, that's the benefit of that. Uh, yeah. and, and why I think it, it generally works out well for, for people that you bring in, you yeah. know, your connections, your networking. Yeah. Um, and then uh, a networking uh, um, one level out, I knew Mike, yep. uh, who uh, we've been friends uh, since high school. We went to high school together. Uh, after uh, we went to college together for a little bit, you yep. transferred out. Um, you know, we've been friends for forever. I was an accountant. I liked accounting. Again, I'm a nerd. <laughs> but it was to the point where I was like, I can do more. In college, I, I did uh, uh, college radio. I did the college TV station. I like the creative aspect, but you pick a major that's uh, going to get you the most opportunities. So I went with the business major, which was accounting. And then so after when you graduate, I was like, well, now I got to be an accountant. <laughs> so I did that. So, but then when the opportunity came to take a leap before my 30th birthday, I was like, hey, Mike, I'll come with you. Yep. We can try this. We can do all this, you know, together because it it's, it's very expensive <laughs> no, out true. there. It's and so whatnot. expensive. <laughs> um, and then within, I would say, two, three months, I, too, was working with you guys yeah. in a slightly different capacity. But you, sure. you got me a job. But again, it was that, was intro that in? introduction to Ashley, the owner of Renegade Animation, that was like, listen, you can trust this guy. He can do the job. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, you can see, you know, accounting. I don't know how you really relate that to animation, but I'm telling you, his work ethic is good. He's a good guy. Well, It, was, it, it was so interesting when Ashley was saying the job because it was like auditing, but visual auditing almost sure. you know like you were you were an accountant so you were auditing all of these places and looking at numbers the position that ashley was opening up because age of learning because it's a learning company was very very particular about the things that they wanted and they needed somebody to watch for continuity and making sure that all the characters looked right and I, I knew that the attention to detail was there and so yeah i was like hey try this guy let's see what you think and I mean, you've worked pretty much ongoing. I know there was a few layoffs, but you've worked with Renegade since pretty much since we, it, we got it, here. Yeah, <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it wasn't one and done. I, you know, yeah. I, 
again, took the, as you guys mentioned earlier, you have to take the reins. So I took that in yep. and I, I cultivated that relationship with Ashley uh, and Renegade yep. and turned it into now 10 great years, uh, you know, with that company. Yeah. Um, and going the whole way from being the quality assurance guy to a uh, coordinator to being a producer on our latest, uh, uh, show, uh, that we did with Nickelodeon, Bossy Bear, yeah. which if you have, uh, Kids in the uh, preschool age, please tune in Definitely and watch, watch it. Definitely watch it. It's so um, cute. It really that's is. That's a free plug for Nickelodeon, <laughs> just, just saying. <laughs> Guys, keep that in mind, you know, that I'm we're plugging that for you. Uh, but, you know, it was it's it was a great experience, and I took that and run with it, and I'm, you know, couldn't be happier. Mike, can you talk a little bit about what you do day-to-day with, with your connections? Yeah. Yeah. Um, to help maintain relationships and why that's so important. Yeah, I, I, I was just going to say, I think that's the most important thing about networking is I, I don't look at networking opportunities almost as this sleazy, like, oh, I'm just reaching out for me. I, I genuinely, the people that I reach out to, I want to reach out to, you know, I'm not going to keep people around just to keep them around. So I do, I, I block out time every Sunday to make sure I'm texting people just to say hi and, and check in and make sure that they're doing well. And um, always trying to set up, you know, dinners or coffee meetups or, or things like that, that we can just to stay in touch and keep those connections going. It isn't something that I'm doing. It isn't like I'm not meeting the same person every week necessarily, but you're keeping up with those connections. I think that, like I said, that is definitely something that's important. And I think where people fall off is they'll reach out once they'll get a response and they'll be happy, but then the relationship will like dwindle away because you're not keeping, you're not active in keeping those relationships open. And then they don't reach out again until they need something. Sure. And then it feels, and then it feels disingenuous. Yeah, yeah. It, it really does. So I try, when I'm reaching out to people, I'm always like, what can I do to help you? What are you doing? Let me try to help you. What, what, what you know, what advice do you need or what, how, how can I lend anything to you? Even as, as little as just sitting down and listening to you vent about something or, or what have you, it might not be like a work thing. Um, but just trying to be a good person and a, and a good, um, you know, paying back, uh, I guess you could call it in, in a sense of like, he, he, here, here are good people that I want to make sure that I maintain a relationship with. And everybody that I keep in my circle is, is are close people. I would say, you know, they're people that I want to follow up with. They're people that I want to say, how are you doing? What can I do to help you? I want to work with you in some way. Again, whether that's actual work or whether that's more of a, you know, working through something that you're going through or just listening to you or whatever it might be. Yeah. So I, I, I believe that networking is important. I believe that continuing that, uh, cultivating that friendship, which I think it should be a friendship. I, I, I really truly do. I think anybody that I talk to, I would consider a friend. It's not, they're not just colleagues or everybody that I work with. I feel like they're friends, you know, I, I work, uh, now and I have a great team that I work with and, I feel like we're a small family, you know, and uh, so, yeah, I think it's it's just important to maintain those relationships. That's why I stress to people, maintain, maintain the relationship. Don't reach out once and be done. Smart. Yeah. Great advice. I, I subscribe to that. Okay. I don't do that. <laughs> okay. But that's the writer in me. I, I tend to be very insular, but I think that's a great practice. Yeah. It's, I, I would consider. Like I, that to me is like a producer that's yeah. like the producer in you. Uh, yeah, I think it is. I think yeah. writers tend to be a little more insular. I, I'm definitely, you know. I wouldn't call myself an extrovert by any means, but I, 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 especially recently, I feel like I've come out of my shell. I've grown a lot over the last few years and 
feel that my voice is important to be heard and that people can take a value in what I have to say and what I have to offer because so many people have complimented me along the way and said, you know, Mm -hmm. you've really helped me or you've really done a good thing. And I'm like, well, that's, that's awesome. I'm so glad that I could make that difference and I want to make a difference in other places. And I I think for so long, I thought, well, that's a cocky attitude to have. I, Mm -hmm. I, I, but if I'm hearing this from so many people and I yeah. have the ability to offer that to other people, why not? So yeah, I don't think that's, that's exactly yeah, what I've been trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And I, you know, I, I, I have to agree with Mike. I'm not as uh, good at it as Mike <laughs> is. Um, I'm more subscribe more to the Robert mentality, <laughs> but I, I try, you know, to keep in touch with people. I do consider people I worked with to be friends and, yeah. and I'm going to take a little bit of the advice from Mike and try and be a little bit, a little bit more proactive yeah. in that. Um, yeah. Reach out. Cause I, it, you know, it doesn't hurt even if it's just to get coffee yeah. and catch up with them. You know, you never Have know. A good time. Everything in this industry comes full circle. It's a hundred percent. So, um, <laughs> Just it's good to check in with people. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Awesome. Well, that was a great topic. So uh, recently, uh, Mike and I had the opportunity to go back to our high school in in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I went too. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Robert, Robert was, there. was there too. That's <laughs> right. Robert got to come with us, and we all got to meet with uh, what a newly formed uh, what fairly new, yeah, it? broadcasting and broadcasting department and um, at the school, and we got to meet some really great um, up and coming aspiring filmmakers and yeah. broadcasters. And Jeff uh, Stolzfus is the teacher. Class, He's great. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was great meeting him. I, I wish we had classes like that. Back in our day. Uh, when of course we not. were there. Uh, <laughs> you know, I wonder how that would have shaped, you know, where I am today. Yeah, right. But I also, you know, I can't, which actually leads into the question I'm going to read that came from one of the, uh, the students. Hi, my name is Alicia Klingler. I'm a sophomore and I go to Lancaster Catholic High School. Would you recommend aspiring filmmakers to go to Hollywood and or film school? No. Mm, no, 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 no. And <laughs> I, I know Robert first? should have a, an opinion on it because he, he went to film school. So I, I, I want to definitely get yeah. his input. Um, I can I can be quick uh, and frank. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I majored in accounting and I went uh, my last uh, semester at University of Pitt, uh, Pittsburgh. And uh, I had a, a internship at an accounting firm and absolutely hated it. But I wasn't about to go back and spend another two semesters you know, refiguring out what I wanted to major in. I was like, the piece of paper is the piece of paper. It's something that you need. So I I left that job and ended up going and substitute teaching, which I really enjoyed. I actually did it back at at Lancaster Catholic and then moved over to uh, be the executive assistant to the CEO of of Bowman until I moved across the country. But um, I definitely don't think you need to go to film school. Now, I haven't had, I didn't go through those classes or anything like that, but um, I feel like, again, the skills that you bring are almost like inside of you is what I want to say. Like, mm-hmm. I think creativity isn't, isn't learned. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something that comes from inside of you. And I think you don't, you're not going to learn that in a classroom. I agree. You might learn tips and tricks and, you know, obviously but some of the technical things from YouTube, right? YouTube books. I have very strong opinions on this. Let's hear it. Great. Okay. <laughs> okay. One. <laughs> If you are skilled at absolutely anything else besides entertainment, do it. That's my first opinion. <laughs> well, come on. No, I'm telling you. <laughs> if on. I had any other skill, I would not be in this business. Really? Oh, 100%. Huh. Okay. I've thought about it for what many years. What would you do? What would you do? Well, I don't have any other skills. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but I've thought, like, it's just a brutal, brutal business. Okay. 
That's fair, one. Fair. But if you say no, like that's all that that's all that I've got, or that's my dream, I, I will not give it up, and that's mm-hmm. then by all means. But if there's like some other thing, like oh, I could do, people seem to, uh, tend to glamorize the entertainment they business, do, yeah. and it's really just it's it's a job. <laughs> it's a job, but there's it it attracts a certain type of individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, not all, right? But a lot, a lot of them that are just unsavory to me. Sure, it's just not a great. Uh, sure. Okay, but let's say you're <laughs> like I'm all in. Yep. Do you have to go to Hollywood? I don't think so anymore. Not anymore. There right? used to be a time when you did, but like I, I can think of so many examples. But the one that comes to mind, there was a director, and I'm blanking on his name, <laughs> who uh, had done a bunch of shorts on YouTube, horror shorts, mm-hmm. with, and his wife was like in all of them. Shoot, I'm not gonna remember his name, but um, New Line took notice. He had done one called Lights Out, where like the flick the switch and he'd flick it off and it was dark and he'd flick it on and the person was closer. Oh yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It was a great short. Mm-hmm. And New Line gave him a deal, and I don't think he was in Hollywood, uh, to to do a feature length version of that. So he directed that. Okay. That did well enough that he then got one of the Annabelle sequels, Annabelle mm-hmm. Creation, I think. Wow. And that did well enough that he ended up doing Shazam. Okay. <laughs> for Shazam, which yep. is huge. Yeah. So he goes sure. to doing horror shorts from wherever he is with his wife. Mm-hmm. To directing the Warner Brothers, I think Shazam big, was big, big, movie. big movie, and he continues to do well. So I don't think you have to come to Hollywood. Film school, absolutely not. <laughs> do not do it. Now, in my day, when you didn't have, you know, 4K cameras in your pocket, sure, and you couldn't it was about resources, and you couldn't edit at home. Ah. Although I could, because I had a father who was an editor, and I <laughs> and I shot films on you know camcorders that you put on your shoulders. Uh, but it was about resources. You can check out, you know, 16 millimeter cameras. You mm-hmm. had uh, moviolas. You had that those things. So that was helpful. But as far as what you can learn, you learn it by doing it. Yeah. Like make films. If you want to write, absolutely do not go. If you want to <laughs> write, watch movies, read scripts. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quentin Tarantino did not go to college. Uh, Christopher Nolan could not get into film school. Wow. Yeah. Uh, like the list goes on and on and on. Some, some don't even get out of high school. Not that I'm recommending that. But it's an art and it's something it's you art. feel and you can't teach it. And yep. I think the people that, not all people, <laughs> but my professors, and I went to USC, which, mm-hmm. you know, very Good school, respected yeah. school. Mm-hmm. For sure. No, I would How about relationships it. in college? Have you maintained any well, relationships I gotta say this. or built any Let's relationships? Let's go back to the networking. Yep, I was yep. terrible at it. Okay, okay. Uh, a very shy introvert, did mm-hmm. not do the networking I should. So okay. for some, it's amazing. Like Brian Singer, who went to USC mm-hmm. after me, not too long after, but mm-hmm. he maintained rela- relationships with all the people he was uh, in school with. John Ottman, mm-hmm. uh, who has become a composer. I think he's directed as well. Uh, he knew from USC. I think his editor... Uh, oh, I think John was his editor too. Oh. But anyways, he 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 had relationships that when Brian Singer went on to do all the stuff he's done, mm-hmm. um, usual unusual suspects was I think his first film, hmm. and then ended up doing you know many things, including mm-hmm. Superman and Some Fantastic Man. Four or something. But uh, yes, I think if you're going to network in college, great. Like my mm-hmm. daughter's in film school. Uh, against my wishes but uh but she's already like made a great kind of group of friends and they make films that aren't particularly you know assigned they just like make films do them for on fun. Weekend. They and do that's them for what fun. they need to be that's doing, what's yeah. so important i can tell you how many writers come to me and say i want to write or would be I haven't writers. written anything i haven't right. written anything yeah. right they have all these write. ideas and i say to them write something i'll read it i yep. never hear from them and if you want to direct something direct, direct something. it sure yeah. you, you want to film something you film something why are you paying somebody just do it. Absorbent at cost. I mean, it was expensive when I went, but now sure. it's, I mean, you could, 
you know what you could finance? You know the kind of film you could make for on, on a on a four year university budget? Sure, right. Think about that. Sixty thousand, hundred eighty thousand, two hundred fifty thousand, yeah. mm-hmm. and on and up it goes. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Do it. Just but do yeah. it. So that's my opinion. <laughs> Great. Just do it. Well, Gotta be frank. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're very frank. Uh, and that, that'll bring us to the end of our time for today. I want to thank everyone for being frank with us about yeah. networking. Um, it Let was great know. chatting with you guys and drinking with you guys. Yes. Uh, a shout out to our uh, a non-sponsorship. Unofficial put, uh, sponsor. Our whiskey. Angel's uh, Envy for this. It has gotten envy. me through many yes. days. <laughs> through many notes and stuff yeah. is writing. Yeah. Uh, yes. Things like that. Uh, so. But yeah, it was a great drinking with you guys. It was great talking yeah. to you guys. And uh, yeah. stay tuned. We have some more episodes coming up. Some great stuff on on Halloween H2O behind the scenes and some stuff on writing arbitration and independent filmmaking. Yeah, we look so, forward uh, to it. tune in next time. Thank you for listening Can't and wait. watching. Thank you. Yep. Thanks. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Can we be friends?